today is June 5th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer. Welcome in and welcome back. Listen, if y'all are on those monthly subscription plans through Just Fab, Fabletics, Shoe Dazzle, and any of those other ones, today is the last day to skip the month, lest you get hit with that subscription fee. Now, that has nothing to do with what we're doing here. It just popped in my head because I need to do it, and I'm just trying to help everybody else out, okay? Okay, now, in terms of what we are actually here for, these last few chapters in 2 Samuel that we're covering, chapters 21 through 24, I believe, are known as the end of David's reign. And these are a supplementary section of the book of 2 Samuel, an appendix, if you will. The events mentioned in these chapters do not follow any kind of chronological order from chapter 20. They more or less function as transitional narratives between Sheba's revolt and the final days of King David. The continuation of the royal history is found in 1 Kings 1, where we'll see an elderly David in the royal court. The other thing about these chapters is that they follow an artistic and well-structured literary arrangement. They consist of two accounts of plagues, one at the beginning and one at the end, chapters 21 and 24 respectively, two lists, and two songs positioned in the middle, one of which we heard yesterday. Now, in the book of Acts, we'll see the power of faith in action through the healing of a disabled person who had been begging and dependent on others his whole life. And this miracle did more than just heal the man's body. It also restored his dignity and gave him a new purpose in life. He was no longer looked at as just this helpless beggar, but a joyful worshiper of God. He was walking around and leaping and praising God with all his heart, the Bible says. Everyone who saw him was astonished by the difference in him. He became a living witness, literally, of Christ's power and grace. Then he joined the community of believers and supported Peter's preaching with his testimony. His life was completely changed by the gospel. And I love how Luke chooses to include this man's story in the book of Acts. Someone who, for all intents and purposes, was outcast and looked down on because of the nature of what made him different in the society of that day. And yet, God uses his plight to draw attention to the transformative power of the name of Jesus. But let's read about it and be about it rather than talk about it. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 24 through chapter 24, verse 25. Good news translation. Other members of the 30 included Asahel, Joab's brother, Elhanan, son of Dodo from Bethlehem, Shama and Alika from Herod, Helez from Pellet, Ira, son of Ikesh from Tekoa, Abiezer from Anathoth, Mebunai from Husha, Zalman from Aho, Meharai from Natofa, Heleb, son of Bana from Natofa, Ittai, son of Ribai from Gibeah in Benjamin, Benaiah from Parathon, Hittai from the valleys near Gash, Albialban from Arabah, Asmaveth from Bahiram, Eliaba from Shalban, the sons of Jashan, Jonathan, Shammah from Harar, 
Ahayam, son of Sharar from Harar, Eliphalet, son of Ahazbai from Mayaka, Eliam, son of Ahithophel from Gilo, Hezro from Carmel, Parai from Arab, Igal, son of Nathan from Zobah, Banai from Gad, Zalek from Ammon, Naharai from Beeroth, Joab's armor bearer, Ira and Gareb from Jatir, Uriah the Hittite. There were 37 famous soldiers in all. David takes a census. On another occasion, the Lord was angry with Israel, and he made David bring trouble on them. The Lord said to him, Go and count the people of Israel and Judah. So David gave orders to Joab, the commander of his army, Go with your officers through all the tribes of Israel from one end of the country to the other, and count the people. I want to know how many there are. But Joab answered the king, Your majesty, may the Lord your God make the people of Israel a hundred times more numerous than they are now, and may you live to see him do it. But why does your majesty want to do this? But the king made Joab and his officers obey his order. They left his presence and went out to count the people of Israel. They crossed the Jordan and camped south of Aroer, the city in the middle of the valley and the territory of Gad. From there they went north to Jazer, and on to Gilead and to Kadesh in Hittite territory. Then they went to Dan, and from Dan they went west to Sidon. Then they went south to the fortified city of Tyre, on to all the cities of the Hivites and the Canaanites, and finally to Beersheba in the southern part of Judah. So, after nine months and twenty days, they returned to Jerusalem, having traveled through the whole country. They reported to the king the total number of men capable of military service, 800,000 in Israel and 500,000 in Judah. But after David had taken the census, his conscience began to hurt, and he said to the Lord, I have committed a terrible sin in doing this. Please forgive me. I have acted foolishly. The Lord said to Gad, David's prophet, Go and tell David that I am giving him three choices. I will do whichever he chooses. The next morning, after David had gotten up, Gad went to him, told him what the Lord had said, and asked, Which is it to be? Three years of famine in your land, or three months of running away from your enemies, or three days of an epidemic in your land? Now think it over and tell me what answer to take back to the Lord. David answered, I am in a desperate situation, but I don't want to be punished by people. Let the Lord himself be the one to punish us, for he is merciful. So the Lord sent an epidemic on Israel, which lasted from that morning until the time that he had chosen. From one end of the country to the other, 70,000 Israelites died. When the Lord's angel was about to destroy Jerusalem, the Lord changed his mind about punishing the people and said to the angel who was killing them, Stop! That's enough. The angel was by the threshing place of Aruna, a Jebusite. David saw the angel who was killing the people and said to the Lord, I am the guilty one. I am the one who did wrong. What have these poor people done? You should punish me and my family. That same day, Gad went to David and said to him, Go up to Aruna's threshing place and build an altar to the Lord. David obeyed the Lord's command and went as Gad had told him to. Aruna looked down and saw the king and his officials coming up to him. He threw himself on the ground in front of David and asked, Your Majesty, why are you here? 
David answered, to buy your threshing place and build an altar for the Lord in order to stop the epidemic. Take it, your majesty, Arona said, and offer to the Lord whatever you wish. Here are these oxen to burn as an offering on the altar. Here are their yokes and the threshing boards to use as fuel. Arona gave it all to the king and said to him, May the Lord your God accept your offering. But the king answered, No, I will pay you for it. I will not offer to the Lord my God sacrifices that have cost me nothing. And he bought the threshing place and the oxen for fifty pieces of silver. Then he built an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. The Lord answered his prayer, and the epidemic in Israel was stopped. Acts chapter 3 A lame beggar is healed. One day, Peter and John went to the temple at three o'clock in the afternoon, the hour for prayer. There at the beautiful gate, as it was called, was a man who had been lame all his life. Every day he was carried to the gate to beg for money from the people who were going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John going in, he begged them to give him something. They looked straight at him, and Peter said, Look at us. So he looked at them, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said to him, I have no money at all, but I give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I order you to get up and walk. Then he took him by his right hand and helped him up. At once the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and started walking around. Then he went into the temple with them, walking and jumping and praising God. The people there saw him walking and praising God, and when they recognized him as the beggar who had sat at the beautiful gate, they were all surprised and amazed at what had happened to him. Peter's Message in the Temple As the man held on to Peter and John in Solomon's porch, as it was called, the people were amazed and ran to them. When Peter saw the people, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why are you surprised at this? And why do you stare at us? Do you think that it was by means of our own power or godliness that we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has given divine glory to his servant Jesus. But you handed him over to the authorities, and you rejected him in Pilate's presence even after Pilate had decided to set him free. He was holy and good, but you rejected him, and instead you asked Pilate to do you the favor of turning loose a murderer. You killed the one who leads to life, but God raised him from death, and we are witnesses to this. It was the power of his name that gave strength to this lame man. What you see and know was done by faith in his name. It was faith in Jesus that has made him well, as you can all see. And now, my friends, I know that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was due to your ignorance. God announced long ago through all the prophets that his Messiah had to suffer, and he made it come true in this way. Repent then and turn to God so that he will forgive your sins. If you do, times of spiritual strength will come from the Lord, and he will send Jesus, who is the Messiah he has already chosen for you. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for all things to be made new, as God announced through his holy prophets of long ago. For Moses said, 
The Lord your God will send you a prophet just as he sent me, and he will be one of your own people. You are to obey everything that he tells you to do. Anyone who does not obey that prophet shall be separated from God's people and destroyed. And all the prophets who had a message, including Samuel and those who came after him, also announced what has been happening these days. The promises of God through his prophets are for you, and you share in the covenant which God made with your ancestors. As he said to Abraham, Through your descendants I will bless all the people on earth. And so God chose his servant and sent him to you first, to bless you by making every one of you turn away from your wicked ways. Psalm 123, A Prayer for Mercy Lord, I look up to you, up to heaven where you rule. As a servant depends on his master, as a maid depends on her mistress, so we will keep looking to you, O Lord our God, until you have mercy on us. Be merciful to us, Lord. Be merciful. We have been treated with so much contempt. We have been mocked too long by the rich and scorned by proud oppressors. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 21 through 23. A wise, mature person is known for his understanding. The more pleasant his words, the more persuasive he is. Wisdom is a fountain of life to the wise, but trying to educate stupid people is a waste of time. Intelligent people think before they speak. What they say is then more persuasive. I don't think that proverb could be any more clear. Let's pray, y'all. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time in your word. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your presence, for the gift of this community. Lord, we thank you that your word is living and active and breathing. May it pierce our hearts and transform our minds. Give us courage, Lord, like David's mighty men who earned a place in this sacred text because of their sacrifice. Lord, give us faith like Peter and John who took your commission to heart and healed the disabled man today at the beautiful gate. Lord, give us endurance and suffering like David who endured persecution and tribulation and yet he still praised your name and had full confidence in your ability and your willingness to deliver him from all of his troubles. Lord, give us discernment like the wisdom found in Proverbs so that we know the difference between being wise and being foolish. Lord, fill us with your spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. Make us vessels fit for your use. Give us a spirit of excellence in all that we do so that the world may see you shining through us. Strengthen our inner being with your might so that the Spirit can dwell in our hearts, enrich us, guide us, lead us, teach us, and show us the way. Lord, root us and ground us in your love so that we might grasp how wide and long, how high and deep is your love for us. Lord, we ask for wisdom, wisdom that comes from you, that is pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Lord, we ask for the gifts of the Spirit to equip us for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up and that we would do our part to participate and partake 
and what it is that we have to do to help your people. Lord, we ask for your armor to stand against the devil's schemes and strategies, his wiles and tactics. Lord, may we be strong in you and in your mighty power. Lord, we can't do this by ourselves. Use us for your glory. Lord, here we are. Send us. We surrender our lives to you again today. Have your way in us and let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we ask all of these things in the beautiful name of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. And our affirmation for today No one is coming to save me, so I confidently step into my power and make choices that support my well-being, my purpose, and my growth. No one is coming to save me, so I confidently step into my power and make choices that support my well-being, purpose, and growth. And our aphorism, the foolish man seeks happiness in the distance, the wise man grows it under his feet. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this incredible adventure with me. I just want to leave you with this final thought. I believe that God wants us to wake up each morning with an open heart and a willing spirit. He wants us to start each day seeking Him, His guidance and His direction. He wants us to pray bold prayers and dream big dreams, trusting that he will open doors and make a way where there seems to be no way. God wants us to walk in faith and not by sight, because what he has for us is much too big to be seen with our finite minds alone, to believe in his promises more than we believe in our circumstances or perceived limitations. He wants us to see ourselves the way that he sees us as more than conquerors, as masterpieces, as persons with a divine destiny. He wants to use us for his glory. He wants to use our gifts and talents for good in this world. But we have to be willing and we have to be intentional. He wants us to nurture our relationship with him daily through prayer, through worship and time in his word. We have to sometimes be still and know that he is God. He wants us to find rest in him when we feel weary and peace when we're going through stuff. He wants us to finish strong and run our races with perseverance and tenacity. He wants us to leave a legacy of faith, of wisdom and grace. He wants us to make the most of each moment and live without regret. Most of all, I believe God wants us to know how deeply we are loved by Him. He wants to lavish us with His grace, His mercy, and His favor each and every day when we are living according to His will. His plans for us are good. His love for us is everlasting. It is perfect. So let's wake up each morning ready to receive all that God has in store for us. Let's walk closely by his side, listen attentively for his voice, and be ready to say yes 
when he calls. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God has given us this day as a gift. It is an opportunity to grow in faith, to serve others, to be nice, and make progress on the path that he has set before us. Let's seize this day and all the potential it holds. Choose joy. Speak life. Make a difference. God will take your willingness and multiply it in ways you can't yet imagine. Your obedience and faithfulness matter deeply to him. So as you go through this week, go with purpose and passion. Go with compassion for others and confidence in God. Go with open hands and an open heart ready to receive from above and pour out onto everybody around you. Oh, God bless y'all. This is the day. Now is the time. You have everything you need already inside you through Christ to live a life of meaning, influence, and impact. Walk in that freedom and calling that he is giving you. The best is yet to come. May the infinite love of the Father embrace you, the enduring strength of the Son sustain you, and the boundless wisdom of the Spirit enlighten you. You belong here, and we belong together on this journey. I love you, and if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.